What's happening, Bob Squad? Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. They squabbling out there now. We're going to get into it, I promise you. Final practice out in Oxnard comes to a close, and it closes with a bang. We're going to talk about it with our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker. On the scientific method coming up later, we'll get into all the actual football stuff, but of course, we'll uh, get his take on what happened down there. See what he's looking forward to uh, for Saturday's game. And then after that, we'll talk about whether some guys have risen or fallen on this depth chart in regards to the totem pole. But just in case y'all didn't hear me, man. Yeah! 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 Hey, look, I'll just tell you right now before we get into it. I'm fine. I love it. I love it, man. It's it's close to football season. I mean, it is football season, but it's close to week one, and these guys aren't playing anyone else, the starters, that is, until that day. So these things are going to happen. But uh, Micah talked about it. J-Rock talked about it. We'll hear from them in the roundup as well, Cowboys Nation. All right? What's happening over with y'all? Bomb squad? Bomb squad! I'm good, Nick. Good to see everybody in the chat. We already about 200 deep. Thank you for being here this morning as we continue to try to make this thing the number one place to get your Dallas Cowboys takes, information, analysis, breakdowns, and also interact with your boy Skywalker. 351-999-3787 is the call in line, Cowboys Nation. So let's look. Let's just get right into it, man, because we got our guy Pat coming up at the top of the hour. Now! That we've said hello. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to it. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Yeah, that's what Tyler Biotis said. <laughs> Sam Williams. I'm sorry, I got left. My bad, y'all. I'm trying to be serious here. Bro, T- Tyler Biotish, look, I'm cool with the grit. There was a point in time, we talked about this yesterday on Vacha Show, there was a point in time where this Cowboys offensive line saw, uh, who was it? Andy Dalton get knocked in the next week by a rival team, nonetheless. And they just sat there. Tyler Biotish saw Brock. Hoffman get beat off the line of scrimmage at camp with Sam Williams, you know, getting a little pushing back and forth or whatnot. And he came out of nowhere with a Goldberg spear, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I'll play it here for a little bit. And I'm I'm okay with this, man. Look, I it was it a cheap shot? Maybe, may, maybe a little bit, but it looked like Sam might have been ready to throw one too. Now he pulled back. He pulled back. But Tyler ain't know he's going to pull back. And Tyler came in there and got a little cheap shot off. But, hey, man, look, if you've played football, if you've practiced in the summer, whether it be literally high school, college, professionally, these things happen. They absolutely happen. Now, Sam Williams went crazy on everybody, telling everybody to get up off him and this and that. But, again, I'm okay with this, man. I'm not tripping about it. These boys weren't tripping about it after the fact. They had dinner. They laughed about it. In fact, I think it was J. Ron Curse who 
had some few words about it. And honestly, the words that he did have about it, it, it wasn't about to his offense. It was to the rest of the league. Here's here's J. Ron Curse on the message to the rest of the NFL. Quote, we ain't taking from nobody. All 32 teams, we ain't taking from anybody. Whether it's our offense or the next offense, we're trying to show we're the best in the business. So it gets spicy out here. It gets spicy on Sundays. It gets spicy on Mondays, Thursdays. Whenever, wherever we line up, that's how we're going to come. J-Rock now playing, man. Oh, by the way, a little bit of news from J-Rock. He saw his guys, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, get new contracts this offseason. And J-Ron was kind of the only one, the lone man out in that room. Well, no more. They didn't add any more years or anything to his contract. However, yesterday it came down that J-Ron Curse's contract has been fully guaranteed. So uh, congratulations to J-Ron getting his $4 million guaranteed. Doesn't have to worry about if something, something happens. His base salary will be given to him no matter what. And that comes from Phil Yates. So not only did he have some words for the rest of the league, but he got some money to go along with it. Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons also touched on the chippiness at practice. He said this, quote, hell yeah, I need that. I'm here to make them better. I push myself to the greater good and me pushing myself is only going to make them better. At the end of the day, I don't care who I'm up against. I don't care if it's Tyron, Zach, Tyler, I'm going to beat the hell out of them. It's only going to make them better. This is where championships get started, right here in camp. The goal is to bring that out and the camaraderie to bring it all together. It's only one goal at the end of the day. J-Ron also kind of piggybacked off of that as well, but not necessarily piggybacking off it because these guys spoke separately. But he said, we're going up against a bunch of dogs. It's going to happen. You're going to get better too in the end. We're going to stand with each other. Come September, it's going to be a different team getting that. And that comes from Pat via Twitter. So, Cowboys Nation, we okay with this? How do you guys feel about the back and forth with the offense and defense from yesterday? So, so there are some. I've seen it on the Twitter sphere. I've seen it. People don't like this. Of course, you're going to have trolls. Oh, my God. They're fighting. They hate each other. I mean, this is, to me, this is this this is nothing. And the fact that it took this long is kind of wild. But how are we feeling about this, Cowboys Nation? It was out there squabbling. Yeah! Uh, Tony said, we love it. It shows confidence on both sides. Sure. Sure. Swain says, shit, siblings fight. Do that mean we hate each other? Do you think we're going to see you on the big networks? Breaking news. Michael Parsons does not respect Tyler Biotish, who's the center for Dak Prescott, thus he does not respect Dak Prescott, would not surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. CD Cowboys Nation said, we feel great. I love it. Kingpin said, man, I effing love it. Jack says, hey, battles build bonds. I like that. I like that. Anyone complaining about the fights, never play sports before, says Danny. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, look, even if you did play and you say this has never happened, hey, man, Congratulations, your your team that you played on were Saints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
They were saints, so uh, good for them. But I, I, I've never played, not a single year of any, whether it be Little League all the way through high school, whatever, where you didn't have this happen at practice. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Michael Parsons, got to chill. We, we, we can't be throwing punches with your hand, big dog. We need that hand. We don't want it to be in that club for a couple months, right? So that's that's the only thing I would say about it. Just just don't throw the punches with your with your hands and hitting the helmet. I know they got the big bubble wraps on there now. Other than that, come on, man, we good to go. We good to go, man. I do want to sneak one call in here because my good brother uh, Ronnie he'll be sitting here for a while uh, prior, or he'll be sitting here until packets or so. Let me get you in here, Mister Ronnie. Let me know how you feel, sir, about the camp fight yesterday. Hey, good morning, and God bless you and your family Thank and you, boss sir. family, too, and the show, like always. I'm glad because, you know, we really show that we got heart, man, you know what I'm saying? Because it seems like the other teams, they be coming in and trying to intimidate us. And I always believe like this, it's, it's us against the world. You're not going to come in to intimidate me because the way I look at it, if you put them on like I put them on, homie, we got to get it on. You know what I'm saying? Nothing personal, but when you come at me, I got to come at you. And I like the way Mike, um, Michael Parsons, you know, he 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 defended his defense. So did um, yeah. and also yeah, and like you said, he got to watch his hand because he became you can't be hitting them helmets. Hey, and next thing you know, your hand will be busted. You find that video. Hey, 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 Ronnie, them jabs looking good though. I ain't gonna lie to you, they they look yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how we we do in PA, yo. You know what I'm saying, yo. We get it in good. quick. Oh yeah, seven one seven. He was representing for sure, but he was he was taking some boxing classes this off season with, yeah. with Dan Quinn, and you could kind of see a little bit of it there. I'm trying to find this video for y'all. Yo. Uh, yo, you know Quinn was kind of nervous. Quinn would probably say, "Hey, get down, get down," but watch it, watch it, Mike, watch it, watch it, get down. Yeah, like chill, anyway, man, chill. Brother, yeah. You know, my brother, I love you. You know, I love the show and the family and the Bosch family and everybody. And you keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, brother Ronnie. Hey. Uh, in the chat, I did see, because I, I thought the same thing. I cannot remember who it was in the chat. It just went by. It just went by. Mario, I'm in, in, in Dallas, Texas now. Um, I thought, before I saw this angle, <laughs> because all I saw yesterday was the second video of Michael Parsons bah, 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 and, and backing up, right? And <laughs> Tyler Biotis was on the ground. It looked like he was asleep. So I assume, my bad, you assume make an ass out of you and me. I assume Michael Parsons hitting with a three-piece combo with some, some biscuits and orange soda on the side and, and slept out of it. That wasn't the case. So it went back, ended up seeing a different version of the video. What happened was he did hit him with a three-piece or whatever. might have been a four-piece. But Sam Williams got revenge. Sam Williams came back through. And uh, let me see if I can pull this up. He came back through and uh, he pushed... He blindsided Tyler Biotis. So Tyler Biotis got a little taste of his own medicine. So so it wasn't that 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 Micah. That jab was nice though. But it wasn't that Micah knocked him out. I thought he knocked him out because I had I only saw Micah backing up and Tyler Biotis was slept on the ground. So there you have it, man. I'm not tripping about this thing. It is these guys love each other. These guys push each other. This is exactly why I think. Uh, Mike McCarthy elected to say no. Where my button at? Motherfucker for what? Joint practices for what? Are the Raiders? 
better than this defense? Nope. Let me pull a Draymond Green. The Broncos? Nope. The Rams? Nope. You're not going to really do a joint practice, I think, with the Niners. You can't. There's too much animosity. The, the, the Niners' defense would have been, but you're not going to do that. And the only reason why I bring these up because they're on the West Coast. So we're going to get the best of the best every single day with this defense. So there's no need for me to go elsewhere. And I'm okay with that. What's up, Steve? Uh, you got back surgery, man? Hope you recover, brother. Hope you have a, a smooth recovery. Nah, nah, P-Fike is... <laughs> Foots is not out there. Here's the thing about PFF with shot. Hey, that's dope. I didn't even notice this. I did not even notice this. This is actually footage from the Cowboys. They should have been... They should have been giving the Cowboys the credit, low-key, because that's where it came from. Foots just took it from the Cowboys YouTube, that little clip of him throwing jabs, and then put it on Twitter. So I guess via Twitter, PFF is crediting Foots. But no, 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 no. It's, it's from the Cowboys uh youtube page but hey man michael with the jab bro michael with the jab all right cowboys nation it is that time get your pens get your papers out let's get to this science that our guy patrick nosey walker of dallascowboys.com is about to give you what's good good brother you dodging those haymakers <laughs> You're going to get these hands. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, um, I'm not dodging a damn thing because <laughs> I'm not getting paid to dodge a damn thing. Let me turn you <laughs> Yeah, I'm not getting paid to dodge a damn thing, so I'm not on the field dodging a damn thing. But I tell you what, uh, yesterday, I mean, let me just say it this way. First and foremost, before we really start talking about it, is that I mean, I've been sitting here watching these practices for almost four weeks now, and especially mm-hmm. when the pads came on and, you know, all the, the jawing that's been going on and that we love, by the way. Uh, at a certain point, we just knew that there was a great likelihood that it would spill over. And it's yeah. funny because yesterday, uh, after Mike McCarthy's official press conference, but before practice, we kind of had him out to the side talking about some things here and there. And the question was posed to him, um, how proud are you – that the team has shown a ton of chippiness, but they've been able to walk that line successfully and not let it boil over to fighting. So Mike said he kind of chuckled, and he was like, it's been wonderful unless you just jinxed it. And here we are. Here we are. are. (laughs) But you you had a tweet, though, that I think is a greater point that may have been missed amongst all the, the haymakers and jabs being thrown. And this was your tweet. You said, the Cowboys padded practice was everything I needed to see to fully grasp how ferocious both sides of the ball are in 2023, neither backing down and essentially ready to see other people, uh, you know, out there. C- kind of elaborate a bit, because this isn't the only practice, man, that, that it's been chip yards. It, it's, it's been back no. and forth. This is kind of probably your collective no. thoughts here. It is. And here's that's basically my summation of, of training camp. Um, and for those that have followed through the Garrett era and things of that nature, you know, a lot of questions were around, you know, is the team soft or is they, are they, you know, competitive enough? Do they have that competitive fire enough to get to the promised land and hoist that six Lombardi trophy? And then coming into this, this off season and this training camp, where are all the question marks lying? 
deal. It was on the offensive side of yeah. the ball because we knew the defensive side of the ball had dogs at every uh, position. And then they go out and they get another dog in like Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and then they get another dog in Mozzie Smith in the first round. So they already had a, a kennel full of dogs. And then they went and got some more big dogs. So everyone's looking at the offense like, are you going to get pushed around? Are you going to match serve? Like what's going to happen here from day one, you know, with the addition of Brandon Cooks and, uh, and just a renewed, refreshed mindset of Dak Prescott and this offense with CeeDee Lamb and Gallup trying to bounce back and Tony Pollard having something to prove on the franchise tag, uh, Tyron Smith being back and being healthy and being healthy the entirety of camp. Find some wood to knock on right now. Find some wood, okay? Zach Martin being back now finally, but every single rep has been just iron on iron. The defense has not been getting away with anything that has not been immediately returned to them by the offense. And I mean in intensity, I mean in trash talking, and I mean in uh, impact in play. So, yes, for example, a three-play set yesterday, and I I posted it as a two-play set, but there was a dead play in between. Play number one, Dak Prescott uh, pulls them off sides with the uh, the cadence. Free play, drops a dot into Michael Gallup, touchdown. Two plays later. Before that snap, I heard Trayvon Diggs saying, not this time. Trayvon Diggs, pick six the other way. That's been going on all camp. And then as Trayvon ran past Dak, he looked at him and said something. Couldn't pick out what he said, but he said something. But that's the fire that's been building this entire camp. And that's what you want to see from your defense and your offense. You want to see that your defense is going to stand up and challenge these guys and say, hey, we want, we want you to give us your best because you, if you don't, we're going, to, we're going to beat your ass. And then the offense is looking back and saying, uh-huh, unless you get your ass beat. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of exactly what you want to see. And then you look at the timetable of it all. We're now approaching, you know, the, the finality of training camp, and then it all pops off. That tells me these guys are ready for fresh meat. It's a bunch of uh, lions in a den, and they're starving. And at a certain point, it's going to – what's going to happen is what happened yesterday – but for those that are saying, I saw a Giants fan, you know, funny little gif, and, uh, you know, they're looking at this this fight, these fights, and they're saying, oh, this is great. No, you, that's the opposite of how you should feel. Because <laughs> if it's like this between brothers, just imagine what's going to happen week one when they go to visit the New York Giants. All of that stuff starts pouring out. That's why I love what J. Ron Kerr said yes. when he said, we're not, we're not taking any blank from any of the 32 teams, and then you pause for a second and was like, wait, you said 32, and then he looked back at us and he was like, all 32. We're not taking it from our own offense. We're not taking it from any other offense in the league. And come September 10th, every other opponent, every opponent has to get what we just gave our own offense. Bada boom, bada bang, let's play some ball. I noticed that too, Pat. He said 32 teams. I'm like, I don't think that's He a said typo. 32. Yeah. No, it was not a typo. He said it on purpose and repeated it. So I know I saw some people in the, the pro football um, pro football thread of that article, uh, that aggregation, saying, oh, well, it's only 32. It's only 31 other teams. His math is messed up. No, you're missing what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's saying that the Cowboys defense is not taking blank from anyone, including his own offense. It's about to get so, scared. Daniel Jones, <laughs> so Daniel Jones and, and Jalen Hurts and, and, you know, every other quarterback in the league, they're coming. Every other wide receiver in the league, they're coming. But contrarily, the offense feels the same way. This offense, and J. Ron Kerr said it as well. He said the, 
this, this, what our offense is getting from us, every other offense is going to have to get. What the defense is getting from uh, our offense is the same thing every other team is going to get. So these guys are really just champing at the bit, and even more so. I mean, like, they're drooling to get some fresh meat, and that fresh meat comes to, uh, as early as September 10th. And then they got, you know, plenty of fresh meat after that. But yeah. I, I couldn't have loved it more, especially because everybody came out healthy. Hey, if, that, if Micah had hurt his hand or someone, you know, or Sam Williams was hurt in the blind side uh, hit by Tyler Bannish, if anybody came out harmed, this is a much different conversation. But hey, no one did. So let's play some football and put the pearls away. Stop clutching. Facts. Facts, man. You, you mentioned health, and you had a chance to catch up with uh, Jay Lou the other day who remains on the mm -hmm. pup list. Can you tell us how he's feeling and what's the chances of him coming off that pup list? There's a, a really good chance as we had that conversation, he and I had the conversation, I want to say not three days ago. Now, keep in mind, uh, J. Lou and I have had multiple conversations. I, I think I check in with him every couple of days, say, how are you feeling? How's the foot going? What's your latest uh, in your rehab? So I think it was two or three days ago at the most that we talked uh, he said, hey, you know, no, see, I'm doing everything. These are his words. I'm doing everything. I'm running full speed. I'm cutting. Uh, there is There are no limitations on what I can do, but I'm trying to build my stamina up and get past the, the little bit of soreness that he gets when he's put through the paces, which makes sense because he's working his body, his foot, and his, his lungs back to NFL uh, speed and NFL game speed. So he needs a little bit more time, but based on how he's describing it to me, it is a little bit more time, not a lot more time. So uh, I believe he'll be medically cleared uh, and escape the uh, pup list to start the season, which would sit him for four games. Um, but, of course, we'll see how it plays along because there's still a little bit of time. He still has some rehab to go. Um, and then we still have some rehab to go. There's always the potential of a setback. But there have been no setbacks so far. And that means he's on a good track, a great track, actually to be on the field for week one, but let's cross our fingers and hope it stays that way. Yeah. A player that returned yesterday that had been having a quiet camp and maybe it's because of, you know, the injury to the shoulder is uh junior Fayoko, the fourth round pick. He looked like he got back out there yesterday, Pat, and, and was getting after the bit. How did he look? And does he have a, sh a chance to play on Saturday? I think he plays on Saturday. Um, if I'm gauging it by, uh, the eyeball test from yesterday, I mean, he was not limited. He was participating in both individual and team drills. Uh, and for those that may or may not know, he did miss the Jacksonville Jaguars game with that shoulder injury. He didn't even suit up at all. Uh, but earlier this week, Mike McCarthy was asked about Junior uh, Fajoko's chances of playing against the Seahawks, and he said, quote-unquote, I hope so, looks like it. And then as the week goes on, you get to yesterday, and he's out there um, matching up against offensive linemen, and he was winning more often than not. Uh, you saw the, a couple of clips against him versus Josh Ball. First clip, the first rep, Josh Ball did win on the inside move from Fajoko. Fajoko did the outside recovery move, and he won on that that move, and that's why Josh Ball had to reach around and basically hold him to kind of regain leverage, but Fajoko was still able to get what would have been a QB pressure, possibly a strip on the football. So Fajoko looked good. It looked great in yesterday's practice. I really hope we see him on the field uh, on Saturday, and I don't see a reason why he wouldn't uh, be on the field unless today there's some type of medical designation. Maybe Britt looks at the shoulder and says, hey, uh, not quite yet, but as we have this conversation, I think he goes on Saturday. All right, Pat, so I'm going to put you to the test here because Oxnard's over, right? There, there, you got a bunch of practices that happen here. you got a preseason game under wraps. 
We want to know, who do you think has earned more playing time heading into Saturday to show that they can either A, be on this roster, or B, have a role on this roster? Because I think those are two different things right there. So who do you think deserved or should be getting more playing time on Saturday to do one of those two things? Because it's a lot a tough of one, you have, Yeah, it's a lot of Yeah, <laughs> you have so many tough decisions at so many positions. Um, I'm going to do a two-part here. Okay. So two parts. Um, let's go to offensive line first. Uh, I liked what I saw, uh, what I've been seeing lately from Matt Walesko, uh, uh, especially one particular rep yesterday. I, I posted that on Twitter, um, Walesko versus Dante Fowler, and he just completely walled off Fowler, including the spin move recovery attempt. I mean, he, his, his base was sound. His footwork was great. His ankle was there. His hand stayed in front, no holding. He didn't get grabby. So I like what I see so far from Walesko. I would like to see him get um, more playing time tomorrow, well, Saturday, and I think that he will. Um, same goes for Matt Farniak. I think Matt Farniak needs some more some more work. Awesome Richards. I mean, let's just say offensive line. Offensive let's say line. young offensive line. Okay. Let's say young offensive line. So that's part one of the answer. Part two of the answer, um, I'm going to go past John Stevens Jr. because he better make this team, and I'm going to go to defense. Uh, let's, let me see more of uh, – you said someone who really needs to show that they're going to be on the team. Well, or that someone, they need to make someone the team? who who's earned more playing time Saturday. So say they played, you know, fourth quarter. Maybe we get a chance to see them in, in mm-hmm. the first or second quarter with some starters, or someone who who's earned a role. Or I guess it's it's, it's too early, but you okay. got all of Oxnard. You got one preseason game. Has anyone earned a role just quite yet, or earned more? I playing tell you time what, Saturday? Let's... Let's stick let's stick to offense then because defense I think defense is pretty set as far as who you know who's to go. I mean you could look at the linebacker uh, depth, but uh, I love what Jabril Cox and the Marvion Overshone are showing. Young safeties and stepping up big, so I think the defense is set. Um, offense, give me Malik Davis. Give me Malik Davis because Rico Dowdle for the second consecutive training camp has had the lead on Rico uh, in the battle for RB two. Um, it was only a groin injury and ultimately a hip injury that ended that for Rico. But now Rico's back. He's healthy. You know, the fumble notwithstanding. And then if you look at the fumble, it was all good going on in that fumble. Cavante Turpin blocking that far downfield. But when you have that many guys in a phone booth on that one-yard line, eh, you know, series of unfortunate defense events. But that notwithstanding, Rico bounced back from that mentally. Um, and he averaged almost four yards per carry in fewer snaps than Malik Davis. Um, he produced more in fewer snaps than Malik Davis. And he has the 44-yard return against the Jaguars. His burst was there. His vision was there. Malik, however, he had four, only four carries, but he averaged less than a yard in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what Malik Davis's potential is, but he's got to put it on film against the Seahawks and against the Raiders if he's to escape roster cuts. Now, of course, and I'll say this again, I believe Malik Davis has great potential to be an impact player in this league. But Rico Dowdo, in fact, does have the lead on him. And then you talk about Deuce Vaughn and what Deuce Vaughn brings to the table. So I'm of the mindset that the Cowboys are going to look to carry three running backs. Okay, well, to my calculation right now, before this this upcoming game, that's uh, Pollard, Dowdo, and Deuce Vaughn, which means Malik Davis is right there on that practice squad bubble, which is where he was last year before he ended up on the practice squad. So if Malik Davis wants to really rattle the cage and have the Cowboys reconsidering the Rico Dowdle um, 
a decision that's not made yet, but it, that's what that's what the front runner is. He's really going to have to he's going to have to make some waves against the Seahawks and and against the Raiders. Yeah, he's going to have to step it up. Now you you blew right past John Stevens. Was it John Stevens? Jones? John Stevens. John Jr. Stevens Jr. Jr. Man, it's a John Stevens because Jones. He better make this roster. <laughs> look, that's what I'm saying. Because but he look, better make this roster. But that's what I'm saying, Pat. That's what I'm saying. So he 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 better make the roster. You ain't carrying five. You ain't got you ain't got too many no, minutes left here. No. So what you gonna do, real quick? Who is in? Who is out in that room? Oh, uh, that's gonna be a hard decision because, like you said, they're not gonna carry five tight ends. But then at the same time, how what do you want the mix to be? Because okay, you know mm-hmm. you got Jake Ferguson, um, who to me, and I said that's all off season, and people saw more evidence of it against the Jet Boys. Jake Ferguson is your starting tight end. Hey, let's just. Let's just put that to bed. Yeah, you know, at least for now, because Schoonmaker, yes, he's your second round pick, but he's coming back from plantar fasciitis, has to work his way back in. So I don't know that Schoonmaker will really compete for that starting role over the first half of the season. Maybe not until year two. But Schoonmaker's on the roster, obviously goes without saying, right? So that's two. I love what Peyton Hendershot brings to the table. You saw that last year. He he flashed. He's basically a receiver playing tight end, but then so is John Stevens Jr. Yeah. Difference being, uh, Peyton is has more quickness, more speed, but John Stevens Jr. has more length, bigger catch radius, more of a red zone threat. I would love those four, but I know for a fact that the team loves Sean McEwen as well. How do they figure out that equation, especially with Sean McEwen probably being the better blocker of any of them? Um, it, it's going to be very That's interesting. Tough. But then keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that don't forget the practice squad is a thing as well. The only question is who can you who are you willing to risk to waivers mm-hmm. because you feel like they'll make it back to the practice squad. But the Cowboys have in the past three or four years especially done better, literally better than any other team in the league at building their practice squad full of players that they had on the roster before final roster cut down. So yes, there are gonna be some players like last year it was Malik Davis and everyone, including myself, was like, no, you, you can't risk Malik Davis. You just you can't. You can't. And then they waved him. He cleared and he was on the practice squad. So is John Stevens Jr. Uh, another situation that mirrors what Malik Davis was last year? Possibly. Could Peyton Hendershot be a guy that, that happens too? I think it's less likely because he does actual NFL uh, film and he has positive plays on NFL film. So uh, it'll come down to the wire when it comes to that. But talk to Lunda, uh, Lunda Wells, tight ends coach, on yesterday, and I asked him and he was like, I want to keep them up. Of course you do. Those are your guys. But it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to be easy, man. Uh, science it's usually ain't easy, though. Easy. It's usually not easy. It's usually tough. It, it, it's not. That's why you got to put the work in, baby. Exactly, brother. Hey, appreciate you for coming through. I know you got some other obligations. Uh, we'll chat with you next week, Pat. But as always, man, fantastic stuff, brother. Much love from us uh, at Cowboys Nation. One love, fellas. Talk to you later. Salute. That is Patrick. No seawalk. Coming through every, every week. Coming through for our chat on the scientific method, man. A lot of good stuff right there. I, I, honestly, I can't wait till we're done with Oxnard. That way we can get uh, Pat in here full time. When I say full time, I mean longer, right? We get Pat longer and talk to him more about what he's seeing, you know, at practice. Because once the season starts, you know, there, there will be times where it's only media uh, availability, you know, we can't really get access to that. And then obviously just the inside stuff that he's hearing and seeing and who he's speaking with, it is going to be extremely 
valuable once we get to the season. I promise y'all. I promise y'all. So y'all make sure y'all stay locked for that. We're going to pick up that tight end conversation. We're definitely going to do that. I know we've been talking about it all week, but I think it's worthy because it it may be. I think it may have turned into the toughest uh, battle on that offensive side of the ball, even tougher than the running backs and the wide receivers. It, it might be the tight end room. So uh, grab a quick drink. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back and pick up our conversation on depth chart risers and depth chart fallers. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We are live on this beautiful Thursday. Just got done chatting with Pat and O.C. Walker. If you are just tuning in, you missed it, but it's all good. We will have that run back probably Saturday, likely Saturday morning, or you can just be part of the running back game. Uh, phone line, 351-999-3787 is the call in line. Talk about whatever you want, whether it be the squabbling, whether it be the depth chart, whether it be individual players, it does not matter. But let's get into that. I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, you're probably like, well, Sky, you know, why is this the same depth chart as before? Well, the Cowboys did drop a depth chart. They absolutely did. But nothing changed. <laughs> they dropped what I think it was Monday and nothing changed. So it's an unofficial depth chart, right? So we'll review essentially what we saw a couple weeks ago. And I want, like I said, I want to start right back at that tight end position. Because I, I think it's going to be tough. You're not carrying five guys, so what do you do? Without looking deep into the position, I think it's extremely easy to say, oh, Sean McEwen. Sean McEwen. He's not, he's not uber athletic. He, he's not a, you know, seam buster. This isn't a high draft pick, undrafted free agent. He's been around for three years. Not a guy that that is going to wow you as a receiver, right? easy when you look at it without diving into it without the science the problem is there is some context behind that and and it's the fact that McEwen can do so many different things for you special teams right coming out the backfield in line detached he's kind of the move around guy that if you don't carry a fullback he can do those things well Sky Luke Schoolmaker can do that sure Kenny do they want him to or do they want Luke Schoolmaker to develop into the actual tight end that gets down the field and plays in line or spreads out as opposed to being in the backfield. That's something to think about as well. I think the easy thing to say is Sean McEwen. Also, another reason to say Sean McEwen, if I'm going to talk on both sides here, he's probably easier to get back on the practice squad. And I, I bet that's something that they're they're thinking about here. Because if John Stevens, there's two more games left, right? John Stevens is going to probably play in both. Let's talk about both possibilities. If John Stevens goes out there and he has two good games where we're talking first or second, third quarter, as opposed to the last three minutes, like he's stacking good days on good days. There, 
it's going to be really hard to fathom him going through waivers and not being picked up. However, if he goes out there and he does not stack those days, then the conversation shifts and flips upside down on his head where, okay, maybe it was just a one game thing. There is something there. Are we able to sneak him on a practice squad? So there's still things you have to take into account before we get to picking who's going to make this roster and who's not from that, that spot. If it wasn't for sponsorship, I would feel so much more. I'd have more belief that Peyton Hendershot should be looking over his shoulder. Y'all know that's what I think it is. I think it's Peyton and John that you are going to go back and forth with. But you got the sponsorships with Peyton Hendershot, number one. And yes, like Pat said, he has played in regular season games. He's done things. He's moved around. He's made some plays. He's also been inconsistent catching a rock, right? Up and down camp or whatever. And you got Luke Schoolmaker, who's a second round pick, who's a I think is going to be a better blocker, if not a better blocker now than he is. So I think he's kind of your tight end two, two, right? He's a prototypical tight end two. So if I had to say right now, Cowboys Nation, to me, I'm still of the belief is Hendershot and Stevens. If we're just talking about swapping guys in that room, if we're talking about who can you get on the practice squad a little easier? Possibly Sean McEwen. Possibly Sean McEwen. So I can be moved, man. This isn't one of those situations where I'm 10 toes down on it. This room is so competitive. And I just, let's see a couple more games, get some more practices down there at, uh, in uh, the star. And we're, it's going to be tough. We're going to get to what? The end of August. And we're going to have to make a decision here. And I think that room is going to be the toughest one uh, to, to make at this moment. Let's see what y'all feeling, man. 301, you are live. What's good? Hey, what's up, Sky? It's this Rock, man. What's up, Rock? Hey, just want to say, man, your show is wonderful. Thank you, Congrats sir. Congrats on all the, all the success you guys are having. You and Vox and the whole crew bringing, bringing No C on. I love No C. Um, you know, when it comes to the, to the tight end, you know, I have a lot of the same thoughts that you guys have. Um, I think John Stevens is what we all are hoping Hendershot is, um, in my opinion. Interesting. Um, he, he, he's a down the field tight end, catches the ball really well, X receiver. Um, you know, but, but when it all boils down, I think something that you just, you just clarified earlier, um, McEwen is just going to be easier to get back on the practice squad, in my opinion. I think so, too. Um, I, I think that's probably where you're going to go. Um, the mix of tight ends, you know, when you're talking about schoolmaker, you're talking about Ferguson, they're your kind of do-everything type type players. And then you got Hendershot and Stevenson that are, you know, you're detached, down the field, ball catching. And that's just a good mix. So, you know, even if you lost McEwen on waivers, I don't think that room would lose as much um, if you if you if you put uh, John Stevens on on the practice when you lost him. I think you'll be losing just a little bit more for what this team, the the building of the team has become. I, I think you're just going to get a really you're going to get a really good mix if you if you keep those four and just let McEwen, you know, maybe he makes it back from the practice squad, maybe he doesn't. You know, he's he's had three years to prove it. So, you know. I 
I love what you said, Darius. You said you don't you don't think it's the room is going to lose much. Uh, I, I, that's a that's a that's a great point to bring up, and it makes you think because if McEwen's not on this roster, your tight end room probably isn't affected that. And even let me say this. Let me just say this. Even if John Stevens is not on this roster, your tight end room is not affected that much. But here's the difference: John Stevens, you have development, right? You got three years of development if he makes this team that you can you can add on to. And if Peyton Hendershot doesn't live up to it, right? He's kind of that seam buster, move around, former tight end, athletic guy. You can throw in there to be a wild card guy. Or maybe, you know, down the line, does he compete with other guys in a year or two, right? But with with McEwen, I think he is what he is, right? We know what, what he's going to be. Kind of that tight end three, do some fullback things, tough, gritty, veteran-ish type of guy where you, you can, no offense to McEwen, you can probably get some of those. You could probably get a tight end three that could do some blocking and some fullback things. But if you are high on a de- the development and the athleticism of a John Stevens, likely somebody else might be too. So it could be a bit riskier to, to put him through the waivers. And again, this happens every year, bro. We say this and people get picked up. But we're, we're just speaking on what we got right now, the data we have. It does seem like it would be more riskier to put Stevens out there as opposed to McEwen. True. Thanks, yeah. thanks for all the information, man. Appreciate the show. Yes, sir. Salute. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good point. I I don't don't think you're going to be your tight end room loses a whole lot. What it does lose is is he's been around, you know. But I think you could get him back. I think you can get him back. But the thing is though, and let me know how let me know how y'all feel about this because I like McEwen. They probably like Hendershot more, but I'm not. Trying to make sure I say this without, I'm, I'm just not all the way sold on on Hendershot. Like, is this necessity? Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Like he cool, he cool. But they went out and they got Luke Schoolmaker. Luke Schoolmaker's back. He's healthy. Hopefully, he stays healthy. The only thing I will say about the whole Peyton Hendershot thing is that if somebody were to go down, Hendershot's been around. Bars. Hendershot was here last year. He got he has actual game reps. But, man, he dropped a lot of balls last year. He's okay. He got better as a blocker. He got better, but I would not say he's a blocker. But, but to me, Peyton Hendershot is not... If he was the one to oddball out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be tripping at all. Because I do think you have his a replica version with probably a higher ceiling in John Stevens June. So I'm just talking. Am I tripping by saying, hey, you know, if it's Hendershot, cool. I'm not really tripping about that. But I get if they say, well, we want to keep him around because he can probably get picked up off of waivers given he's only had a year in the league. He's got some footage where he's done some wide receiver things, move around things. Maybe a team wants to pick that up. I personally think I, I I'd value McEwen, you know. But that's that's again, this can be moved. This is a tough conversation, man. Let's get a good call. Good call. Danny Savage on the horn. What's good? Good morning, Sky. Glad I caught uh Walker. I always love when he's on the show. Yeah. Patrick C. Walker. Uh listen, when no it comes C. to the tight end group. No C. Uh, 
Say it again. It's Patrick No C Walker. No C Walker. Big okay, big. I got it. I got big. it. Got it. Uh, the prior caller said uh, he, he kind of said Hendershot and Stephen Stevens was kind of the same. I don't know. I don't see them the same. Stephen. I see Stevens as a, a, a bigger, more athletic type of tight end receiver. And we all know Big Big Mike loves those big tight ends in Green oh. Bay. All those years, he had the Martellus Bennett's, Martellus Bennett's, Jermichael Finley's, uh, Graham. He, he you know, he he's not guys. that big. He's not. He's not that big. But can, can I can I clarify what we mean? Probably when we say the same the same role. These are these aren't guys that are blocking tight ends. These are guys that are. You know, get get out up up the field. You're receiving style tight ends. That that's what Peyton Hendershot is. Peyton Hendershot, you will not mistake him for Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoolmaker. John Stevens, you're not going to mistake him for Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoolmaker. So that's I think what we mean by quote unquote the same. Yeah. We should say similar is that they have they'll be playing similar roles. If that makes sense. Yes, agree with you 100. percent Also, I think this year I don't know why the NFL did it. But there's going to be a lot of mistakes made through all 32 teams because this year we're going from 90 players to 53 in one day. I know. It's not like in years that. past. It, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Yeah, when's that date? Let me get that. Because in years past, it was like 10 here, 10 there, 10 here. 10 there, you can sit down, have a lot of coaches' meetings about players. You know now what, though? it's like but you know what, though, Danny? block. You know what, though, bro? I, th- I think I think it's not as bad as we're probably making it, though, because here, here, here was the issue with the cut-down dates is that you had to cut them down like each preseason game. So you get into preseason game three and four, and you're still having to play dudes that are going to play special teams or be second or third stringers in real games, and you're risking them to injury. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I look at the, the schedule, y'all let me know. I don't think you're going to have to do that now. I think you can actually play all your preseason games with your 89th and 90th player and then make the cut, not risking certain players to injury. So now that I think about it, it might not be that that bad, bro. I know, but then how about you say some of those guys go off that third preseason game? There's going to be a lot of decisions. Then make. good, right? Then you and get an, just you a, get an extra game to be evaluated. So I think I just I just talked myself out of it. Yeah. Well, I I just have a fear with Dallas's practice squad this year that we're going to get raided because we got a lot of talent, and like I personally think Bostic and Bass they're not going to make the practice practice squad. Somebody will snatch them off. I I personally think they will get snatched. So they're either going to have to make the 53 or go to IR. The kid Land, the defensive end, I think he's a perfect candidate for IR. Put him up, let him gain some weight. I just got it. McEwen, I don't see a lot of teams wanting an injury-prone four-year tight end in the league who's always hurt. So I would put him to practice squad. And I'm going to land the plane. I'm going to go back to my old school routes of day three Danny. It's too early for day three Danny, bro. Don't laugh. No, you're going to love this one. You're going to love this one. This kid's nickname is The Godfather. His name, his actual name, you can Google it, is Dante Cordelioni. He plays nose guard 
for Cincinnati. He's 6'3", 330, size 18 shoe with 11-inch hands, and he's a monster. So I'm here I to just, tell you right you now, can... we don't care. Let me tell, <laughs> let me tell you, we don't care. Danny, we got, we got Cowboy football on Saturday in August. And I just had to give you a day three guy for next year. I had to close it out on that. And I hope nobody gets injured Saturday night. That's all I'm saying. Facts, facts. And I'm landing the point. I'm right. out of here. Right, I'm looking that. forward to your wrestling show. I'm looking forward to the wrestling show. Salute, Danny. Latest guy. Great show as always. Danny. I'm telling you, Danny, you need to make a, a YouTube channel called Day 3 Danny dedicated to college scouting. Because I ain't, I'm, I, with all due respect, we don't care about a day three prospect in August. At least I don't. When we talk, we got Cowboys football, baby. We got Cowboys football, Danny. So, you know, I'm messing with you. But, but yeah, man, uh, br- bring up Don Corleone, the godfather uh, in, in February. Got you. I got you, bro. I got you. Um, Yeah, man, that rule change. I had to go over here and look at it. I'm not actually that bad. I'm not, I'm not down on it no more. I'm not, I'm not down on it as much as I was when the conversation first started. He said he thinks Bass and Bostic won't make it to the practice squad. I'm not so concerned about Bostic here. Uh, I think Bass has put on a little bit better tape so far, but we got two more games. I mean, if, if Bass goes out there and Bostic goes out there and look like trash, then yeah, they'll make it to the practice squad. If they don't, then they won't. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they won't. Let me not say that because I think it was Professor Rowe who said over 1,100 players hit the market at once. And he said, I'll make it easier for guys to sneak through. That is another thing that makes it very interesting, right? Like you're not making cuts each preseason game. It's at once. So you might have a dude sneak by that you're not thinking about. And, and another thing, we do this every single season. So-and-so is not going to make it. So-and-so ends up making it. 1,100 and something players to, to sift through. That's a lot. And I know there's there's people that get paid to not miss out on these guys. But that, that's going to make it tougher, man. It's going to make it tougher. The guru said, is Brock Hoffman pushing Forniak? Sounds like Brock Hoffman is, is Brock. I got to say it like that. Hoffman is pushing somebody. I don't know if it's necessarily Forniak because he has that. He has a lot of experience. Um, but remember, we don't have a ton of depth inside. You could, you could literally. Here we go. Let's. We're looking at the depth chart right now. You could probably say Forniak, Hoffman, and Richards are your interior guys. Now, ja- Josh Ball, who again, he's kind of our punching bag. Josh Ball um, split some reps. With TJ Bass. I'm taking TJ Bass. I, I, y'all know how I feel. But you could legitimately say, you know, between Forniak, Brock Hoffman, Awesome Richards, and TJ Bass, you could roll with that. You could roll with that. So is he pushing somebody? Maybe a, a ball, but the difference is ball's not playing center. Hoffman's going to do center things. Forniak has that kind of swing thing going for you. And then Awesome Richards, your fifth round pick with the, the most upside of all those dudes. So, He's not going anywhere. So that interior depth, if we talk about depth chart risers and fallers, to me, right there, right guard, y'all. 
TJ Bass, Josh Ball. I I want to see Bass early. I want to see him early. I want to see uh, Awesome Richards kind of stick to one. Look, I, I don't mind him having that position flex. You need that. But I really like the prospects of Awesome Richards kind of forming into your left tackle of the future down the road. When I say down the road, possibly next year. And you can keep Tyler Smith at guard. So he's not bouncing back and forth. If it's going to be the opposite, if the plan is to put uh, Tyler Smith at left tackle, then let's see Awesome Richards gain some steam at guard. But either way, I kind of want to see him play a full game at one spot or the other. Maybe it's not this week, but next week. But to me, the easy riser and faller on the depth chart on the interior, TJ Bass, Josh Ball. Easy. Let's get 931. What's good, 931? Not much. How you doing, Sky? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How are you? I'm all right. Um, so uh, I was wondering about – so I, I'm trying to figure out if Stevens is going to be one of them things that we are good. You know, we got a nice little hype story right now, and then he turns into Rico Gathers. Mm. Like, is that, like, a possibility? Because, like, we've seen this before. Like, I, I've I've watched us, like, have these super athletic guys that eventually – just kind of like fizzle out so what about uh, steven's kind of like sways us from saying he's not going to be like rico well, let me and more or less of on something else i think rico might be the wrong comparison I, I, the rico situation is what you're saying like hype and then doesn't pan out to be nothing because rico mm-hmm. rico rico gathers hadn't played football since he was in eighth grade so his his trajectory was extremely hard. And then he played a position that requires you. It's a lot. Like, I always try to point this out. Tight end is not easy to, to get right away. I don't care if you're a first-round pick or not. That's why you see the bus rate so high. That's why you see the production rate so low from tight ends that are asked to do things in line and out and not just be a pure wide receiver tight end. So if we're talking about a guy like John Stevens, who I still believe – I'm not ready to just throw out there as tight end one or two, contrary to popular belief on Twitter, not you. But he, I'm I'm looking at him as, hey, he just converted to to tight end. Let's continue to develop him, and then we 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 will reevaluate, you know, next year or in the middle of the year if he's showing fast progression. So I don't think they're they're the same. I think Rico Gathers was a six round pick, so he stuck around for a few years, but he just never it never clicked for him. The, the way it seems like it's clicking for John Stevens. If, if you're worried about John Stevens just being a camp hype guy, then that's just, that's just what you're worried about. I don't think I would compare it to Rico. Rico barely was even a camp hype guy. You know, he might've made a, a big catch here and there, but from a progression standpoint, he struggled, I think, to stack good days. That's fair. It was like, like I, yeah, I think that that's like one of my main things is that like I had, being a Rico had like, Everybody was like the flashes, kind of like the TJ Vasher type of situation. Vasher, there you like, go. That's the one right there. It was like everybody's like, "Yo, this dude is gonna be that dude," and never happened. So like, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this situation with Stevens. I That's think fair. that he does give you that. So he what, gives. What's your name, bro? Neil. Neil. So Neil. Yeah, I think what you got to do, right, is, and that's why our shows are very important. TJ Vasher is a very perfect example here. Did we have fun with the Vasher highlights? Absolutely. 
were, were they spectacular? The catches, the mosses, the, the, the red zone one-on-ones? Absolutely. But I don't know if you were listening last year on the show, bro, when we brought on guys like, uh, who was it, uh, Kyle Yeomans and, 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 all the, and other people that were down there, or just if I, when I was down there, my damn self. If you watched them or you got the videos or, or you, you talked to people that were down there, they all said, oh, man, spectacular catches, but he's got a long way to go. He can't get off the line of scrimmage. His routes are slow. He, he doesn't know how to you know, get to the stem and make guys. There were way more things to worry about with TJ Vasher than the, than the highlights that were kind of overshadowing his progression. So that's why I think these type of shows are important because we'll point that out. Yeah, cool. TJ Vasher, awesome. But he's not, in regards to highlights, but he's not progressing. I'm not hearing those things about John Stevens. You know, I'm not hearing him having trouble doing the little things at the position. So I think, I think there's something to, to say, hey, there, there might be something here with John Stevens, Neil. Maybe it's not throw him out there right now in year one, but from a developmental standpoint, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. That's fair. Because, like, I'm, I've noticed, and, like, yeah, I have been, I've been paying attention to your show. Like, I've called in a couple times or two or more. Uh, and, you know, between you and Vach and, like, listening to Long and whatnot, and, like, hearing, you know, what y'all have to say about, you know, the bubble players and whatnot. So that's why I do question or why I have, you know, these questions pertaining to certain stuff, especially since, like, I'm going back and forth. There's certain times where I have to go gaps and times between doing Army stuff and whatnot and, and coming back into the loop. The next thing I hear, you know, it, yeah. John Stevens just kind of popped up <laughs> yeah, out of I nowhere. You. I hear you. I'm like, all right. It sounds like so, big hype. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, and then the other, uh, there was, like, there's, one and a half more things. Uh, I just was wondering why uh, Isaac Al Capone. I, I know I'm not saying his name properly, but I don't. I can't. <laughs> I love that Isaac Al Capone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like what happened with him because like he like he's there, yeah. but he's not there. I mean, he's he's like that guy that got pushed around. Like get out my way from you know Sam Williams. He's like move out the way and whatnot. But like I remember earlier uh, prior to prior to camp. They were talking about him moving to D line, yeah, and then like that line. never happened. No, no, he's he's, okay. on, he's on defensive line. He is because yep. like I haven't heard anything from, him, so I'm like I don't know what's happening with that. So um, that need that tells like, you everything it, you need to know. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then the last thing, like the the last like true question, um, what is going on as it pertains to? So I know that McCarthy is running all the plays and whatnot, and he's, you know, getting his help from Schottenheimer. Um, does this mean that he's more or less just he's going to be in charge of everything um, and just, like, with some input from Schottenheimer? Is he just going to be the person that's implementing his offense um, and, like, taking advisory and then just tossing that over to Dak and letting him do everything? Or, like, is this just going to be – like the Mike McCarthy show wholeheartedly. That's definitely the Mike McCarthy show, but Brian Schottenheimer and McCarthy have a, a relationship in a, in a philosophical alliance where it wasn't the same previously, right? There was clearly philosophical differences between him and Kellen Moore, mm -hmm. but that's not the case with, with Shotty. Shotty knows, he even said, he says, hey man, I know what Mike McCarthy is looking for. I know what he wants. And, and, and he's going to push back, right? He's going to say, hey, Hey Mike, this ain't that. This ain't it, you know. And and Mike needs that. everybody needs that. 
You know what I'm saying? Everybody needs to have somebody that can tell you no, can tell you when you got a boogie in your nose, right? And I think mm. that Brian Schottenheimer is going to be that guy. And he and I don't, have you listened to him, bro? Like he got this. When I, when I hear him talk, man, it gets me a little pumped up. So I said this the other day on the show, like having Schottenheimer be that filter between McCarthy and the quarterbacks, I think is going to be uh, great for this quarterback room and great for Mike McCarthy because McCarthy is still at the end of the day is a head coach, so he has to manage the game while also making sure that hey. You know, this next series, I picked up on a tendency. I got to make sure that th- this next series of plays, these family of plays, makes sense to beat or to combat what the Giants or the Jets are going to do. So I'm, I'm actually, I love this. I love having a guy like Schottenheimer be that filter for McCarthy. Um, I, I think that, uh, what's the cast name from the Chiefs? Eric Bieniemy. I think Eric Bieniemy yeah. was the Brian Schottenheimer to Andy Reid. You know, kind of that filter. And sometimes Biennemi apparently, you know, had some input in the play call or might have called some plays here and there. I don't think Schottenheimer is going to do that, but it wouldn't shock me if something ever happened to McCarthy's back flares up on him again or he get COVID or something like that where Schottenheimer could call the plays no problem. So, you know, I think there'll be input. They they talked about in the offseason, they worked tirelessly, very hard at tweaking this offense to, to make it a McCarthy offense, right? So... You know, Shotty yeah. knows what he's doing, but but it's not Schottenheimer's O, but Schottenheimer will have, you know, his opinions on it when it needs to be. I'm I'm glad to hear that because, like, as opposed to, like, what we were hearing, like, during the first two years and being, like, Mike McCarthy is, you know, Jerry Jones' lapdog, basically just there Walking to nod his head, head and say, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm good to hear I'm glad to hear that where he's actually going to be. It's his footprint and whatnot. Um, I appreciate, you know, you taking the call or whatnot, you know, everything that you, Foots, Bosch, Law, all those guys. I thought it was funny, like, where was uh, a show a couple weeks ago, y'all was talking about Kellen Moore and his four comebacks, and then all of a sudden the next day there was a, uh, I think it was Boss Cowboy Talk that had, had a, that posted a clip of the Chargers running uh, their touchdown play, and it was literally the four comeback route. So I was like, oh, well, there you go. San Diego, you got what you got. So uh, appreciate your time, man. And I'll uh, definitely be listening to you and Vach later on. And, uh, again, appreciate it. And good luck with all the rest of y'all stuff. I'll be looking forward to y'all uh, whenever y'all go over to training next week. All right, man. Thank you, Neil. Hey, n- nice little segue there. That's right. We will be at Cowboys training camp. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll be there Thursday. Um, we'll be staying at the Omni, which is connected right there. I'm still trying to find a way to finesse a way to have a live show right down there in the Omni, either lobby or out there on the the patio. So we guys can interact with y'all, but man, I'm so excited, uh, to do that. Didn't get a chance to go to Oxnard, but we'll, we'll be watching all the, the training camp practices here. And at the star, and I'm pretty sure our content brothers and sisters will be down there as well. And you'll be able to catch us on 105.3 The Fan on the Get Right with Reg and KG as long as that continues to go through. But uh, yeah, next week is going to be fun. Um, yeah, Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer and McCarthy. I'm excited for this relationship. I think it's going to work. Me and B. Bird talk about confrontation sometimes. I'm not saying they're going to have confrontation. But if there is, I think it'll be healthy. Uh, I think McCarthy tried to do a little bit of that last year, and it was healthy. You got to the point where you had to reel Kellen in a little bit, and uh, it worked out early on in the season. But I do think it's funny. He brought up the all four four curl routes in L.A. with the Chargers. 
the very first play of the game against the Jaguars was all four pro runs. Pro routes in that game. Trolling, maybe, I don't know. But you did see, and if Marcus is in the chat, you know, Marcus said, hey, man, I want to I want to look at some of the, you know, the concepts and this and that. And I was like, it's going to be hard to in, in game plan or, or play calls. It's going to be hard to gauge anything. You just want to see kind of the basic principles. And I thought you saw that. I thought you saw, you know, some, uh, you saw a couple uh, slant flat plays drawn up. You saw some over routes. You saw, hell, the play to Jalen Tobert. If we can, if we can find it here, I mean, it's in the highlight. The play to Jalen Tober was a play that shit. Y'all see anything like that last year that much? I mean, the concept in general got him open. It created that wide open window on the back end. Now, granted, it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you know, in their second team unit. But the concept is what I was looking at. And having that scissors concept with with Turpin on, you know, the inside of him in, in the fantastic route by Jalen Tober. But I, I didn't see too many of these type of routes last year where we're putting stress on the deep defender. You know what that would have been last year? An option route. I guarantee. Tell me when I'm lying. Tell me when I'm telling lies. I guarantee you, this would have been that play. Stop me if I'm lying. Whoever was far right would have ran a curl. Whoever was, was that Tobert? Okay, Tobert. Tobert would have ran a option, meaning read the safety. You go behind him, go in front of him, cross face, whatever. And then that inside guy probably would have did was Tobert. Slot guy would have probably did a motion or, or maybe he would have did a whip route. We ain't run a bunch of those. But maybe he would have did some type of out route. How much you want to bet that would have been the play? Curl, option, probably another option. Curl. I bet you, bro. I bet you. But instead, we got a scissors concept. That puts stress on that defender back there. Jay said, I'm sick because you're right. There go, Marcus. What's good, Marcus? <laughs> Priest, God, Priest. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, my G. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, man. I love it whenever Patrick's on, man. He, he, he goes about the business. Just know what's up. So, hey, Marcus, can you do me a favor? It, a little uh-huh. bit a little bit muffled, brother. Yeah. It sounds like you got like a, a, little... a T-shirt over top of your phone. You trying to talk through it. Uh-oh. Is that any better? No. Uh, we'll get through. It. We'll get through. It. I'll let you go through through with your point, and then we'll answer it off air, off the phone. I mean, no, 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 no. If I need to get better, tell me. If I need to get better, how's that? That's a little bit better. Yeah, that's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. Hey, man. Uh, you know, uh, just a couple of things. I, I like the the, the uh, point you made about um about Schottenheimer and and uh, McCarthy working together and having filtering each other out and stuff like that. And like I said, I haven't had a prepare for either one of them, whichever one I'm going to call the place, um, as long as they're both, you know, communicating and they're both, you know, understanding what it is they want to do and they can iron this stuff out. Uh, it kind of on the side, you know, I, I always thought that one of the reasons why Ed the enemy was, wasn't getting job looks as he was um, the OC over there in KC 
I guess like four years. He 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 wasn't going to get a lot of credit for two reasons: one, because of Patrick Mahomes, and two, because no matter how many, no matter how often Andy Reid would stand up in front of people and say that the enemy was running the offense and calling the plays, and I believe Andy Reid every time he said that. No matter what Andy Reid would say, everybody kind of had the feeling that was Andy Reid's playbook that Ed Bieniemy was was running and calling from. Oh, for so sure. So there can be, yeah, yeah. So so that was always going to be a, a kind of a, a, a hedge in there for for Bieniemy, and he wasn't ever going to get a look in there. The conference has been locked. Andy Reid's play calling is and how distinctive it is. Even if Eric Bieniemy is, is is running the offense and and whatnot, Andy Reid, it's still his offense. So that that's kind of that's kind of the, the kind of the sidebar for that uh, for me. But uh, I, man, I, I'm just loving all that stuff in practice. That reminds me of, of something Tyron said. You know, when they started out there, that they were going to. You know, Tyron Smith, he doesn't talk that much at all. So it was big. You all, everybody pointed it out. It was big whenever yeah. Tyron said something. He didn't even want to talk at, like, that, at, at that in that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he didn't he doesn't talk, and he said something about the the line we're gonna get back to attacking, you know, people and you know hitting first and things like that. So you know, just seeing some of that aggression from the offensive line, even though it's twos and threes and whatnot, it, it's good to see. That's a, that's sure. the mindset and the tone, and uh, that's not that's not a bad thing. Of course, you don't nobody get hurt and stuff like that. Even though yeah. the boys will be boys, boys will be boys. But I like the fact that that you know the Irish you know. Did that? I don't. It, you can't. You know. I, I heard people say, "Hey, look, I get the cheap side on Sam." Whatever. No, it was. That. Hey, they. They out there. It's gonna be snapped like that. And you know, iron sharpening iron gonna gonna cause some parts. So. Yeah. That that's fine with me. Uh, the, the larger point is that hey, they they're being aggressive and you know the whole mindset and tone is changing over there. Indeed, gonna, I believe it they're is. They're gonna pitch instead of catch. You know. So I'm 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 definitely cool with that. I'm definitely cool with that. So, I'm with you, Marcus. Uh, hey, dog. I yeah. pre- appreciate the call, good brother. We actually going to talk a little bit more about some of those practice notes that came out of Oxnard in the final practice. Okay, man. Hey, I can't wait to hear from you. You have a good trip when you go up there, man. Uh-huh. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. Let's go ahead and get into these practice notes. Kyle Yeomans, once again, I, I just love when Kyle Yeomans drops these practice notes. Fantastic stuff. He says... Practice note number 12. Fix my mic. Chippy and spirited throughout two significant scuffles, no injuries, a ton of intensity. Really thought the O-line succeeded in one-on-one reps. That's what we were showing a little bit of uh, earlier. Not so much in team drills. You get an ass whooped out there. And I think that's why Tyler Biotish and Brock Brock Hoffman tired of it. Uh, Simi Feoko had a great day. Multiple nice grabs. Linebackers. Flew around. Fayoko's going to need to continue to carry this over on Saturday because he's fighting for his life. Uh, the linebackers flew around. Micah Parsons. Did y'all see that rep? I mean, I'll mean, I, I bring up the rep one more again. Let me see here. Hold on one more time. Hold on one more time. Not you, Tober. Not you. I don't want you. I don't, I don't want you either. Gee. I ended up tweeting after I saw that. Michael Parsons is the best in the business. Argue with your mama. He's going to be a menace. An absolute terror this year. But anyway, Michael Parsons was unstoppable after the scuffles. Uh, Added emphasis on feeding Deuce Vaughn in the passing game. 
Look, Deuce Vaughn needs to be a guy that's going to get the rock at least seven to 10 to 12 times, I think, weekly, man. Straight up. It's going to help TP, too. Mozzie Smith was active inside with uh, Jonathan Hankins and Quentin Bohanna, and lots of veteran leadership showing up in the intensity, including Dak Prescott going over there, doing the uh, hands to the neck on Michael Parsons and say, hey, come on, young fella. You got to chill out. You got to chill out. So uh, nothing came out of it. Nobody got hurt. Nobody hates anybody out of there. It's just it's just football intensity that picked up. That's what's going to happen, man. When you got, like you said, dogs out there that's going to try to make you better day in and day out. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, he talked about Mozzie was active with Jonathan Hankins and Quentin Bohanna. I'm... I'm still of the belief I'm not getting rid of any, well, obviously not getting rid of Mozzie or, or uh, Jonathan Hankins, but I'm not ready to move on from Q. Is it is it an overcorrection to have three big boys like that to stop the run? Maybe. But let me ask you this. Would you rather overcorrect it or risk the chance of maybe having one guy? Look, Jonathan Hankins is... On a one-year deal, you know, he's 31 now. He gets nicked up here and there. I wish nothing but health. I hope he plays all 17. But I wouldn't be mad to have a guy like Quentin Bohanna just right there just in case. Or when it's third and one and you want to run that quarterback sneak with your running quarterback or you want to get on the goal line and try to run, I got three big horses up front to push it. So I'm still not ready. I'm still not ready to move off from Q. Uh, I'm gonna need somebody else to go go crazy. And we talked about this the other day, Neville Gallimore, um, who saw all the chatter after the game, went and watched the film. I saw none of that during the first half of that game. So we we want to see Neville. Neville's probably gonna make this team, though. Uh, they're probably gonna hit hit Fioco with a hey dog, your foot hurt. We're gonna put you on IL. Chauncey Golson, I know I feel about that situation as well. He's kind of one of those uh, X-factor players in the sense of I can move around my versatility. This defense is all about versatility. You keep him around. You're just going to have to be deep. I think you just go You just go deep. You go long at defensive uh, line. You just do. You just do. Well, Scott, what about Isaiah Land? I know. I know. That's the thing, man. That's the thing, man. It's, it's, it's not going to. It's not going to be easy. Now, the question when I asked uh, Patrick Nosey Walker, I said, I was trying to get him to kind of say, hey, Isaiah, who has been playing well at camp? Who came out of that game and said, "Let me, I want to see more reps early? Land is the clear guy here uh, from that, that third or fourth team. He's the clear guy. I want to see him against some of the second team guys, maybe some of the first team guys, and see if he can say, hey, look, man, I know we're going deep at defensive line, but you got to go deeper. You got to go deeper. Because one thing that I am worried about, I'm not worried about a guy like Bostic going through the way. The offensive linemen in general, it ain't a bunch of them. And, and look, he ain't one of them guys anyway. But Isaiah Land is a pass rusher that has some high-level traits pass rushing. Somebody take one look at that, and it's a wrap. So I just want to make sure, you know, he's out there and he can do it against some of these better competition. By the way, microphone sound good, too loud, too low. 
make sure we good to go here john from portugal it has been a minute since i spoke hey, to john from portugal man how you doing man good really good it's been a little while i'm glad we're getting back into the real deal here it's yeah amazing i know um i like your point of view about going lo- going long at the dl i think it's really good a and b i think there's a kind of they Thanks to DQ figuring out how to hybrid a bunch of players in the defensive backfield and the linebacker core, I think that McCarthy has also done the same thing on the offensive side. And so I think there's a way pretty easily, actually, to, uh, to keep a lot of DL. I really do. Because, um, uh, let me see, uh, I think Stevens, for example, who's a hybrid wide receiver tight end, you could go five wide receivers Ooh. if you went four tight ends Stevens as the fourth tight end see well, then you'd have hey john hold on hold on stay know. right there because that's that's interesting stay right there so i thought you were going to say go five at tight end because because of the four so you're no. i think they're going to no. go four anyway john yeah i think they're well, going to go cool. yeah i think they're going to go four tight ends anyway uh five, let me look at these receivers real quick brandon michael gallup cd lamb Jalen Tober, and you're saying just one more. So, so between Cavante Turpin, Turpin, yeah, between between Turpin, Brooks, and Fayoko, five. So yeah, go, but I, I would say go Turpin, and here's why, um, because if you go down the, if you go way down to the DBs, yeah, um, you'll notice that you know Jerome Curse is also a linebacker, you know, mm-hmm. and Marquise Bell is also a linebacker. So if those two guys are defensive backs. And you keep five Jerome linebackers. Yeah! Exactly. You secretly have seven linebackers on the team, even if you're only technically carrying five. And you're also carrying 10 DBs plus Lewis on pop. So you got basically 11 DBs. That's going long, but you're going long in the talent areas, sure. right? The DL's got 11 so, guys, right? In a, yeah, that's where I was going to go, John. I was going to say maybe you go light at line. Let me see. Let me just go back here now. Maybe you go light at linebacker. Let me see who we got. Uh, not not this one. This is offense. Let me go back to the depth chart for defense. You got Mike. Well, I hate to classify Mike as linebacker. He ain't gonna do it. But let's just go with I the. Know, I know. I know. Yeah, I put him in DL. Yeah. Let's, let's just say uh, pure linebackers. Leighton Van Der Esch, Demone Clark, Demarvion Overshone are without a shadow of a doubt your guys. Right. There's yeah. no. There's no debating that. Now Jabril Cox, Malik Jefferson, Devin Harper. There's. The Jabril Cox, I don't think, is is safe. Um, however, whether he's safe or not, I don't think the conversation is: do you? Be, the conversation is: do you carry you know, five or do you carry four? Do you carry six? So, what do you? Where do you feel safe at going? At I would linebacker? carry five. I would carry five because I know that I need. You know, it's a, it's a position group that does get injured, but I also have Curse and Bell to be kind of linebackers. So. If I have LVE, Clark, Overshone, <laughs> Cox, and Harper, right? Yeah. That's five. And then I've also got Curse and Bell, so it's five or seven, right? Sure. <laughs> and Cox is also of a little bit like Curse, so he's also a hybrid, you know, so he's a little safety valve for the DBs, right? So what in other I- words, it gets very wrong on the back end if you do that what i was getting at was if you're if you're going to go light somewhere and you wanted to do linebacker i and i'm not saying i would do this i don't know when the last time a team this team went four linebackers but 
that probably is the one. Because if you go Leighton Van Der Esch, Damone Clark, DeMarvion Overshone, and, and whomever between Jabril Cox, Jefferson, and Harper. Jefferson's going to be tough. He's hurt now. Um, so say yeah. four. So you got the four, right? And you say, well, yeah. Micah can do linebacker things. Okay, there's your five. J. Ron Kirsch can do yeah. linebacker things. There's six. Uh, you, who'd you say? Marquise Bell? That's seven. Oh, yeah. And, and then yeah, see, you I mean, could argue Donovan Wilson exactly. is in the box a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in other words, you're not weak back there by going a little short in one area. And I still feel the same way kind of on offense. Like literally, if you – and it's kind of, it, it's cool because they've built it in such a way – I mean, this is a really well-built team. Man, it's it's so nice. These are like the, – the, what's the word? First world pro- problems. Yeah, first world like, problems, no yeah. Joke. You're talking about does a really good player like Wanye Thomas wind up on, on the practice That's squad right. if he can make it? Can Isaiah Land make it to the practice squad? Because guys who are like the very tail end of your rotation are so dang good, <laughs> right? Like Yeah, somebody so like Land would be something can, like, let's hide him. Like, like, can you hide Land? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Can you say, look, you're going to make the team. Here's your. I'm going to call your agent and tell him you're going to make the team. You just act really stupid for the next yeah. Yeah. four games. You know, like just fall down a lot during the course of this last preseason game. And act <laughs> I'm cool. hurt. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's terrible coaching. You can't really do that, no, because <laughs> it's just mean. But at the end of the day, it's like the uh, the. Uh, but it's the greatest problem in the world to have, where you're sitting there going, like, man, we want to keep. We could keep. This is the first year where you know they always say, oh, we wish we could keep seventy guys. Like, dude, we wish we could keep seventy guys. You know, like this is a this is a really yeah, good. They, they do yeah, a fantastic you know, job the, with the UDFAs. They always have, right? You got the Cole Beasley's, Tony Romo's, Miles Austin, Jeff Heath, Barry Church. Like UDFAs usually have an impact on this roster. But the problem was this year, it was going to be tough to get four UDFAs on this roster. It just is because this is a really good oh, yeah. draft and develop roster. I I, I think really that if, if you uh, it's going to get sound probably dumb I it, it, but I think the, the UDFA that's likely to make this roster without a doubt is TJ Bass I think TJ Bass is going to be a UDFA on the roster but um and uh I just think he has he's like Cody Mock like literally he's I think he's exactly like Cody Mock <laughs> frankly you know and I, li- I like what uh, I saw I should have chopped up his uh his uh tape but man I, I was a very, I was a big fan of what I saw from that game um, I was going to, yeah. again, I hate piling on Josh Ball, but but I was going to do this I because, know. look, here's the thing. If you go look at Josh Ball, uh, I believe throughout the preseason, his preseason career, I don't think he ever had a clean slate game in, in, game in the sense of no pressures allowed, no sacks allowed. I think every single game he's allowed like multiple pressures and sacks or whatnot. Whereas TJ Bash in his first outing did not give up a pressure, a hurry, a quarterback hit, a sack, and he showed way more awareness and he showed way more yep. strength and grit in the run game. Now I did see Josh Ball finish a couple reps. Like he, you know, that's something that he showed a little bit last year too. But I just thought TJ Bass I, looked better and is better. Oh yeah, TJ Bass definitely looked better. But I will say one thing nice about Josh Ball because we have been saying mean things to him generally yeah. speaking. Please say something nice, please. I saw, I saw the rep where uh, where uh, the beautiful rep that Micah did, where he just he the, the would be sack of Dak in like half a second, and then he just he, he like stood up like while the play was going on, he just stood up. And was, you know, um, love that. That Mike is fantastic. Uh, but in that rep, the, about the only offensive lineman that didn't get blown off the ball was Josh Ball. There you go. 
So there you go, Josh. See, yeah, we, we and, can say some uh, nice things about you on the ground. So, you know, just to be fair, he is not a complete, like, in other words, if they cut him, I I'll bet you there's a team that will pick him up because as Vach says, and he's correct, there's a lot of bad O line out there yeah. and, and actually all just might need the right. Maybe he's a power running scheme guy. Maybe he's a, what it was not the scheme, not a scheme fit. We don't know. Sure. Like that's something we don't know because we run the scheme we run, and maybe he doesn't fit in that. That's okay. Yeah. All we know but, right you know, now I, is me, is Josh Ball ain't good right now. That's that's what we know. No. Yeah. Cowboys. I, I don't know if he's he could be good for somebody else, but he's not really good for the Cowboys. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I just in think, close. Uh, in close. I think TJ guy that gets the, on the fifty three, and as much as I love Brooks, I think Brooks is Brooks was a seventh round pick. The, the right he wasn't yep. the he wasn't undrafted. Uh, he's, yeah, the seventh pick. round pick. Yep. He was drafted. I still think he's probably going to wind up on the practice squad, though. Though if they go six wide receivers, I think he could do it, and he'd be on the team. At which point, then somebody like you're looking at Neville Gallimore or Marquise Bell is not going to make in closing. In closing on on Josh Brooks, Jalen Brooks, if they were to cut him, it would be the first time in. In a while, y'all can give me the. I don't know exactly when the last time this has happened right. that they've drafted a guy and cut him in the same offseason. Usually, they if, if they cut somebody a draft pick, it, it may be during the season or the following season. But I can't remember yeah. well, them I, cutting a guy they drafted. Yeah. Why this is such a hard group? Like this is different yeah. from usual because you're right. It's never been this it's different. Deep. Like that's the thing. Like you really want to cut Marquise Bell? Like I don't, but I, it could happen. I don't really want to cut Gallimore. I think he's finally come back to being a proper three right. tech and he's doing a good job. Like I don't want to cut him, but he could get cut because last fair. year wasn't very good. That's you know, um so at the end of the day, like, you know, and they're not going to cut us in Richards because he's no. you know fourth fifth round fourth round fifth round pick. Sixth round pick? But fifth like, fifth round pick, but he's him. also so far so good with Austin Richards. So Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the the only guy I can see and and because there's a lot of good wide receiving talent in the league in general, that if you cut a guy, you chances are you'd be able to bring him back on the practice squad without dilemma. Like Brooks has played really well in in training camp. He's acts absolutely outplayed his seventh round draft status, sure. no doubt. But you know, once again, low, there are lots of good receivers in the league in the you know wide receiver four to wide receiver six category. Tons of them, and so therefore he'd probably make it to the practice squad pretty easily. I'm just saying, you know, like same with Hunter yeah. Lipke, same yeah, with, think, uh, you know, yeah, I think Lipke, for you know, sure. like Brooks, yeah, Brooks I mean, would, if Brooks has another two quiet games in the preseason, I think it might be easy to say that um, because teams, yeah. the teams don't have practice footage, you know, of Brooks. They have highlights yeah. of Brooks, but they had highlights of TJ Vasher. So they don't got practice footage to see that, Hey, maybe there is something to him. Now we can pick him up. Uh, but if he if he goes yeah. out and has a bunch of one for five games, for for six yards yeah. or something, yeah, he's not going to probably get picked yeah. up out. And, there. and I don't think I, I honestly think that he's a, you know like anybody he needs time to develop. I, I develop on the practice squad. It's all like good with me. Like I don't hate like anything. I think he's done a really good. Yeah, exactly. I think he's done well. It's just he's young and you know he's he's learning and yeah. and so be it. Um, I'm not mad at that, and I certainly hope that, uh, you know, I'd love to see him absolutely become, like, wide receiver five next year. You know, that'd be genius. You know, I'd no, you know, whatever. But, uh, 
anyway, that's all. I, yeah. I think going long at DL is extremely good. That's yeah, all. That's that's and where I'm at with it. I'm going. I'm going long at defensive line, brother. Hey, John from Portugal. Yeah. You still in Portugal? <laughs> yep, still in Portugal. <laughs> and I, I hope everything is going well with you, man. And uh, I, I want to say, who was it that I think moved over there in Portugal? One of the Cowboys, one of our Cowboy friends on Twitter. I think he moved over there too. So uh, was it There's, Miller? Yeah, Dalton? It's actually become Dalton Miller. Yeah. Cowboy uh, jerseys in here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, in opening is crazy. But you uh, enjoy the rest of your day, man. Day or night, I'm not sure what it is over there, but you enjoy it, man. It was good it's to hear just, from you. It's just the middle of the afternoon. It's all good. All right, brother. Salute. All right. Have a sweet day. Man, great call from John. Usually always has great calls. Uh, <laughs> these moments, <laughs> let me try. Circling the airport is crazy. No, but this is cool, though. Like, John, John is, I like hearing from him. I like hearing from him. But man, if you missed yesterday's show on the Vice Somebody Live, boy, I want to apologize. See, here's what happens. Me and Vach are real life noodles. We real life goofballs. And y'all know, you ever have friends or you might have been one. Maybe you might be talking about you in school and you'd be like, boy, they better not put us in the same class. And they put you in the same class. You get your work done, right? You, you do what you got to do. But y'all cut up and stuff. That is quite literally me and Vach. Uh, that's why if we had a studio, it's going to be so much fun. But we don't need the studio. And we get through the seriousness of our conversations and things we need to do. But boy, we love to have fun, man. And we don't hide it. So if you missed yesterday's show, you want to talk about not landing a plane. That was not landing a plane. That was not landing a plane. What John was doing, man, I, I, that was a good conversation, right? Not saying the other dude wasn't good conversation. He ain't get that hint, though. You know? He ain't get that hint. El Tino said, teacher's nightmare. Yeah, I had a dude, Terrell, we ain't overtime, so if y'all don't mind, we're still going to talk. We got two more callers, I got you. But I had a dude, I'm a, I might even slipped up and said his name. So we was cool, but we weren't cool enough to where we had that type of you know, friendship to where I was, I was okay getting in trouble with you in school. When I found out he was in my class, I said, Shit. I'm gonna get in trouble because of this fool. Because we had a past relationship from the Boys and Girls Club. That was my boy back. But we weren't like that. We was cool because of the Boys and Girls Club. We was cool because we lived in, around the same hood, but we weren't that close. Oh, man. You know how many times I got in trouble just because he had me laughing or he was doing something crazy or he said something and I'm getting a look? That's not what that was yesterday. That was genuine between, but I don't want to say his name, but my man's legitimately got kicked out to school because he was crazy like that. But I kept getting the looks. Oh, I like being here. Three callers in a row. L was rough. It was rough yesterday. Anyway. Yes. The anyway was off the chain. Let's go back and watch the show. Uh, John, what's good, John? How you doing, man? What's going on, Skyler? Another John. John. The other John. Not, not John from Portugal. What's up with you? <laughs> John from Harlem. <laughs> okay, you got Harlem in the building. Let me put you in there as that. Yeah. I just want to piggyback on, on uh, what you were saying a little earlier about going deep with the uh, defensive line. I 100% agree with that because, to me, it's better to need have and not need than to need and not have mm. as far as tackle is concerned. And that's been such a sore spot for us, for our defense, for so many years, stopping the run 
I'll go long on the defensive line. I, that that wouldn't even be a, a second thought for me, you know, because yeah. I just want, want to hear about we can't stop the run. I don't want to hear that for another Max. 10 years. I want us to stop the run consistently, you know what I mean? And but just one thing, I just wanted to get your opinion on one thing. I'll hang up and I'll listen to your, your analysis on it. As far as solidifying the running back room, I haven't heard anybody say anything about Leonard Fournette. And I think he would be a perfect fit for them. Big back, can definitely pass block, and he's extremely good at catching passes out the backfield. I think he had like 75 catches out the backfield. Yeah, he was fantastic year. with the, with the uh, Tom Brady led Buccaneers. Catching a rock, yeah. I mean, right. catching a rock. Right. Catching and a rock, I, he was. Right, and I, I think that would fit perfectly with the West Coast or Texas Coast office that they want to run. Hey, so, John, you're going to get tomatoes thrown at you, brother. I That was one of the very first names that I brought up a few months back when I was like, look, if y'all looking for a cheap power back, get you some of these tough mm-hmm. yards, run somebody over, yep. set a tone, but he also can catch out the backfield a little bit. I mean, Leonard yep. Fournette is that guy. I mean, he he's he ain't gonna cost you much if it don't work out. You move on. They elected to go get Ronald Jones. Now Ronald Jones is suspended. He's he's out with injury. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. other things to Leonard Fournette that people were like, "Hey, Sky, you know, he might be lazy." There's there's are there character concerns? You know, things like that. And I said, "Fair enough, fair enough." I'm just saying, if you're looking for a cheap dude that's gonna be a power guy that's not gonna complain about only getting. You know, seven, eight touches. It's a name. It's a name. So yeah. I'm I'm not opposed to that. I, I wasn't opposed. To, let me say that. I was not opposed to that. Now that we've got camp, we've seen, uh, you know, Deuce Vaughn, we've seen Rico and these guys. It's a different story. But going into camp, going into uh, free agency, it was a name that I did bring up. Yeah. And, and I'm not too confident in uh, Rico Donald. I'm not too confident about him. He's been there for how many years now? Like three, this, three yeah. years, four years? 21, 22. This is fourth season. Damn. Yeah, this is fourth season. And in my mind, if you've been there that long and you still haven't been able to punch through, then maybe it's not going to happen, you know? So but I don't really feel too. So I think it's it's the injury thing, right? Like he, he, right, he, he yeah. missed 2021 because of the injury. He got hurt last year in the fifth game. And you're right. He hasn't really punched through. And at running back, it don't take four years. But – Maybe for him, it, it might. Maybe for him, this might be it. But it's to me, it's about right. can he stay healthy and can you depend on him? I don't think I can depend on Rico Dowdle. So that's why I was kind of an advocate of keeping right. four. But well, if you, it's you, obvious yeah. in him to, to have held on to him so long. So, you know, maybe there's something they see that oh, you don't get to see. That no, John, there pretty, is something there, bro. Like, just go go watch the game against Jacksonville, right? The, the, he returned to, He returned a punt. He had some good runs. Go look at his preseasons mm-hmm. from the last two years. He's 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 put together good preseasons, put together good camps. But the reason why right. he can't punch through is because he can't stay healthy. He just, yeah. he just can't stay healthy. Or he hasn't stayed healthy. Let me say that. Right. So I think just because of that one thing alone, I think it's time for them to, you know, to move on from him and for them to look at other options. But anyway, that's all I have for you, Scott, man. You have a blessed day, brother. Keep it moving. Salute. Shout out to my guy, John, from Harlem. Blue magic. <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody said Leonard gonna take the he's taking a year off or he takes the year off. Again, the baggage, the baggage concerns are real. Like I get that. But there was a point in time where 
don't know if y'all still like this, but there were so many people that were saying, hey, we have, we have got to get a power back. We've got to have a dude that can get third and one, that can move the pile, that can run some, you know, make the defense, fill it, all that stuff. There was at one point, that was a huge conversation. And I was just saying, well, if it ain't going to be Zeke, because it ain't, and it's definitely not now, here's a name. Boy, they hit me with a whole bunch of... Uh, oh, brother, this guy stinks! I said, I'm tuning out. I'm unsubscribing. I don't goddamn on Leonard Fournette. But, uh, yeah, it's just a name, man. Sure. I thought he was washed when he got to Tampa. Ended up, you know, helping them get to the Super Bowl. And he put some good tape out there. Wasn't great for him, though, last year. Wasn't great for him. Running the rock. Pass game? Thought it was something to him. Final call of the day. 240. What it is, what it do. What's up, Scott? It's Clebo. Can you hear me good, man? I'm on my earpiece at work. Just make sure you can hear me first. I mean, I can hear you, but if, if you could come off the earpiece, the earpiece, it might sound better. If not, we could work with it. I, I probably I can't because I'm driving. Gotcha. I gotcha. I'll let you I'll let you get through it and, and we'll wrap. Go ahead. I appreciate it. First thing, man, you know, I do call every once in a while. I don't watch the show all the time, not gonna lie. First thing, are you and I each more related, bro? Excuse me if it's a dumb question, bro. So we are not related, but but she we call each other twin. You know, that's the that's the whole. speaking of which, by the way, we're we, we got something in the works for y'all um for the season to to get Aisha as a staple on the show. So that's kind of interesting you brought that up. So make sure you keep your ears and eyes open for that. I got you, bro. She do great work, man. she does. Like, man, everybody got a twin in this world. And, and I'm sorry. Anytime you bring up her name, I got to do this. Aisha, Got to do it. <laughs> Aisha, Aisha, I feel you, bro. Hey, uh, secondly, I just wanted to say, um, I do, I mean, you know, you spoke on it uh, briefly about the new rule as far as, like, you know, the, the cuts being at the end of the last preseason yeah. game. I kind of like it better that way because, you know, sometimes you got guys who, who might start off slow in training camp, you know what I'm saying, and, and if it was the old rule, they'll get cut and, you know, not giving them a chance to, you know, correct their mistakes or get better. You know what I'm saying? I just like, I just feel like this way everybody gets a fair shot and then you can just pick the seats in totality who had the best training camp. You know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of like it like that. And I then, do too. Um, last I like year, it. Okay. You like it like that too? Yeah. Which is crazy because yeah, I started off the last, I started off the conversation. I said, "Man, I don't like this shit either, man. I I want to go back to the old ways." And then I I start looking and I start thinking. I'm like, "Wait, th- this is actually an advantage because you get to keep these guys a little bit longer." And and once this you know the preseason's over and you got to make these cuts, there's way too many people out there for all the teams to sift through. So I like it better. You're right. That's true. I, thought, I think I heard in the beginning of probably saying you didn't like it. So that's yeah, true, I, bro. I, yeah. And lastly. When it comes to the tight end room, I I, don't, I know you asked, are you tripping? I don't think you're tripping at all. Because I remember when uh, the talk was about dra- drafting the tight end and when we drafted SUNY, Schoolmaker, a lot of people was talking about why are we drafting the tight end. You know, we got Ferguson. Ferguson's our number one. I don't think that pick was because of Ferguson. I think it was because of Henderson. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna, I feel like we're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. And fair. then, it's fair too. like you were saying earlier, when you're comparing him to Scott and um, what's my man, John Stevens Jr., I just feel like Stevens Jr. has way more upside. And and I think you keep McEwen, and uh, it's easier, like you said, to get him through to fall onto the practice squad. Now, let me ask you this question because I don't know this rule. If you make the 53, like let's say we put McEwen on the uh, 
practice squad. He makes practice squad. Yep. If you made the original 53 later on in the season, can you just drop somebody to the practice squad, or do you have to uh, cut them and they have to clear waivers to make it to the practice squad? It, it depends if they have uh, – there's a certain point in time, and somebody can clarify this, where I want to say everybody gets designated to, to waivers, but there's a certain point – before that, I think if you are cured certain amount of seasons, you don't have to go through waivers. And I believe Luke Schoolmaker is one of those guys. I'm sorry, not Luke Schoolmaker. Um, um, McEwen. McEwen. No, McEwen. McEwen, oh, will, yeah, McEwen will not have to go through waivers. So you can cut McEwen and say, we're going to cut you and bring you back. In fact, brother, they did this with uh, C.J. Goodwin a couple years ago. C.J. Goodwin, there was a wink-wink, right? Like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut you. Because we want to get X player on the roster so we can put that player on IR and then we'll bring you back. But your question is during the season, can you demote somebody to practice squad? No. Yeah, that's my question. No. Okay. Yeah, okay. you can elevate somebody from practice squad. I don't know if they have the three limit rule anymore. There was a rule over the last couple of years where you can call somebody up from practice squad three times and um, without them counting against the roster. But after the third time, you yeah, gotta you gotta make a cut, yeah. Okay, okay, because I wasn't um, familiar with that rule. Okay, because I, I was wondering because I know uh, McEwen. I think all that nobody's claiming McEwen off. Uh, I don't. I don't think so back. either. I don't. I don't really see it. Yeah, I think that'd be the easiest thing. But you know, like, but seeing Stevens, man, I like I like this dude. And then even a couple of times in the uh, preseason game, man, that dude he had a couple of good blocks, man. You know what I'm yes. saying? So. I'm excited about our tight end room. I'm excited about the team period, man. And uh, once again, man, like always, man, got to let you know, great job you're doing, bro, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Appreciate all the content, man. This is a rough summer, man. But I appreciate all the content, man. Can't wait for football season, man. Oh, man. Go Cowboys, bro. Go Cowboys. Appreciate it, big dog. So much. You too, man. So much goodness in store for the football season. Um, game day lives, we're, we're still... You know, nothing is is in the ink on that yet, but we probably will be in Arlington. Maybe not Texas Live, but we'll probably be in Arlington um, for game day lives. Like I said, we're gonna have two eye on here. We got we 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 got something cooking up for that. Uh, Jesse Holly's gonna be with me, obviously. No C Patrick, No C Walker. We'll have him each week. He'll be on the show uh, every week, and we'll have guests. And then over on Vox's, we are lining up so much stuff for that as well. So it's this is about to be one for the books. 100% about to be one for the books. But yeah, Professor O's in here. He's really good with this stuff. I, I know there's a weird rule, and I think it happened last year, didn't it? Where after a certain point, maybe it's a trade deadline. I, I can't remember. After a certain point, when you cut somebody, I believe they, they went through waivers. But I thought as a veteran... You didn't have to go through the waivers. It's it's COVID kind of messed up a lot of things. COVID actually gave us the whole three game rule, but in season it gets weird. Before the season, they tend to do that. They, like I said, uh, CJ Goodwin was a guy that did it before. Uh, Cooper Rush was a guy. Hey, we'll cut you or bring you back, just giving you the old wink, wink, because they're not going through waivers. Um, so maybe that's one of the things they can do. They can say, hey, look. Um, Sean McEwen, you don't got to go through waivers. We want you to be a part of the 46 because you do special teams. You are our first guy we call up to do the fullback stuff. However, we want to get Fehoko on here to put him on IR. We want to get 
John Stevens on here and we can put him on IR or something like that. So there will be roster gymnastics, and I think it'll be easier to do the roster gymnastics with McEwen than it would be with some of these other guys. Also, the roundtable. Yeah, we're, we're working on that, too. Trying to get one in before uh, the season. And, you know, during the season, it's usually around bye week time, and then we'll get another one in. I like how it's spaced out, you know. I know y'all want to see it every damn day, but I like how it's spaced out. It is, it, I think it's kind of dope, honestly. All right, let's get to some of these super chats that were coming through today. Sully, drop one. Come on, come on, come on. Super chat. Sully said, even the past that Turpin kind of had to die for getting guys wide open. Yeah, he's talking about earlier when we were talking about Tobert's touchdown where the concept got him open. And you're right. Again, there were some over situations and the one that Turpin had to die for, he was wide open. Somebody had brought this up too. How many times did you see just wide open guys? There might There's open, right? Like that, that's open. In the NFL, if you got half a yard on somebody, but wide open, you will watch so many teams, and you're like, how are they do? They just wide open. And meanwhile, we have the most tight window throws in the league. That number should drop a little bit here. So, yeah. Super chat. Brother L, appreciate you, big dog. He dropped two and said, "Can Sky, can you make a say ouch list? Injury type situation? Elaborate, bro. Maybe that'd be in the works. I definitely want to get a, what do you mean by that? thing going that could be something we were talking about that uh off air because i do like the drewski drop what do you mean by that where y'all say some crazy it ain't gotta be crazy i shouldn't say crazy y'all say anything but if it is crazy i'll give you the floor to elaborate what do you mean we should trade micah parsons y'all remember that dude Glenn, shouts out to Glenn, man. Super chat. Glenn said, are we finally keeping a real fullback on the roster this year? These H-back types don't really work for me. A full-time fullback sells play action passes. I'm, a, I'm Glenn, I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I like the prospects of a guy like McEwen operating in that role. I don't mind it. I think the difference is when you have a natural fullback, you can hand him the ball. Pass catching, though, I'd argue the advantage goes to the tight end. Now, here's where Hunter Lipke was supposed to cover all that. Hunter Lipke was supposed to be able to hand the ball off to him, can operate single back sets, which if you go look at the practice notes, no C talked about him doing some more of that. He can catch the rock. He's supposed to cover all those bases. The one part where he's having to stack good days on is the blocking department. Can he be a better blocker than Sean McEwen? Because... As much as, you know, you don't like the H-back types, there is a lot of good film of Sean McEwen operating the blocking aspect wonderfully back there. The problem is Kellen never really played off of it. My, my issue with the, what do we call it? The uh, Hulk package and putting a guard back there was you were giving it away. I, well, I'm clearly going to run the ball. And if I play action, you only got Noah Brown and said Wilson. So you couldn't do nothing with it. So he got rid of that. He put Sean McEwen back there. And I'm like, oh, we actually saw him block better. But he didn't do much play action and use Sean McEwen. So 
I actually don't mind it if it's a guy like McEwen. But if we're going to roll with a full-time fullback, there's only one. You're talking about Hunter Lipke. Right now, August 17th, is he making his team? Let me go look here. Is he making his team? I'm still on the practice squad wave. I feel like you can get him on a practice squad, y'all. And to be completely honest, if somebody gets him, you going to be tripping about it? Nah, I don't think you will be. I don't think you will be. So, is this the year to see a full, a full, full-time, a full-time fullback is what I'm looking at. Right now, no. Ask me that in two weeks. How are we feeling about that? Uh, Guru said, plus Hunter is a Hunter. Oh, Lupke, okay. A factor on special teams, question mark, seems like practice squad to me. That's where I'm at. I think practice squad right now. Right now. I like I like McEwen blocking better than I like Hunter Lipke blocking at this moment. But then you could say, well, Scott, he can run the ball. You're right. I like him running the rock more than I would ever put the, the ball in McEwen's hands from a running, running back standpoint. So no easy decisions that'll be made here. All right, Brother L, say ouch list. Guys that aren't quite starters. Oh, you mean, oh, my, my, I got you. Aren't quite cut worthy on a cusp or on the bubble players that you want to keep from other teams, but have to cheat the system to keep them around. I like it, brother L. I like it. Say, ouch, got you. Professor O gave me the waiver question. All right, let me find it, professor. Here we go. So vets, four plus years, aren't subject to waivers until 11-1. There it is. See, I knew it was a date. I didn't know when the date was. Then on November 1st, vets are subject to waivers for the rest of the year. There's the answer. The caller that called in prior to this. So if you want to do those crazy cuts prior to 11-1, you're good to go. But now there's going to be that strategic aspect to it. Like, hey, if I want to keep McEwen around without putting him through waivers or John Stevens around without putting him through waivers. Well, actually, it doesn't count John Stevens, but the McEwens and the, and, and the good ones of the world. Without putting him through waivers, I got to do it prior to 11-1. Because I remember it was a big deal after that deadline where there were players that got cut and we were talking about, hey, if he sneaks through waivers, then it was weird because he was a veteran. So appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. All right, that's about it. Good stuff today. We did a little overtime, but I liked it. On the way out, do me a favor. If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button. You want to be a part of the bomb squad. You got to be a subscriber. Hit that bell because we do have multiple live shows that we do. One in the morning here. I like to think that this is becoming one of the best Cowboys go-to morning shows in the nation. And then A to Z Sports Primetime. Mauricio joins the fray. He joins everything and he gets it going. But do me a favor. As I always say, if you are enjoying this show, hit that like button. It's major for us. If you missed the show, you missed out on another edition of the Scientific Method with Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com. But don't worry, we will run that back on Saturday. And, of course, he'll be here next Thursday to give us his take on what's happening at camp. And I will be 
doing a few of these shows. This is going to be a weird week for y'all, uh, for me, in regards to what you guys will be seeing. Uh, let me just give y'all kind of a rundown. On Monday, I'll be doing the show here in the studio. Tuesday, I'll be doing the show at the start. Not at the start, but I'll be doing the show at the Omni. Wednesday, I'll be back here. And then Thursday, I'll be back at the Omni. It's, it's, it's really going to be very weird, but I'll kind of be back and forth. But nonetheless, um, we will be giving you all the coverage that you guys deserve and need if you're a Cowboy fan. All right, man. Go ahead, press that button. And y'all press that button too. That like button. Don't get up out of here. I love that energy. Brother L said, Becoming, it is one of the greatest. I appreciate that, bro. I'm some, you know, the humble thing, I'm a humble guy, but you're right, bro. It's one of them ones, in my opinion. I'm ready to stand on it. Love y'all to death, though. We out of here. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning. Not on Vacha Show. But make sure y'all tune in anyway. Vacha and Barty Live. Probably start at 3 o'clock. Foots will be on there. My play. Salute. We out.